Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome, listeners, today. Six? It, yeah, it's six. Oh, wow. Um, I made my selections for tomorrow, late last okay. night, and realized I only have one more time I do that. This I know. Year. It's uh, Suddenly, it's that, like be over. I, I'm both ready and not ready for it to be over. I mean, I'm going to watch like 15 films before the end of the festival, but still. Yeah, I mean, we still literally have a third of the festival to go. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of, uh, it is after round one on day. 3,042 of this eight-day festival. I'm, the natives are getting restless, and we're starting to worry the water's running out. Yes. <laughs> the cannibalism will set in soon. Um, speaking of cannibalism, I just watched Girls with Balls. Girls with Balls. How was Girls with Balls? Um, oh, so it was the perfect start to a day. Okay, good. And especially at this point in the festival. It was uh, very high energy and... Uh, comedy slasher um, none of this is a spoiler listeners like it's a volleyball team who end up uh, lost in the woods and uh, fall into the clutches of inbred cannibalistic mountain folk and um, and it goes from there the slashing is goofy gortastic mm-hmm. there's hilarious chihuahua damage that occurs oh my god it's hilarious um there's some, I mean, some of the uh, the female, like it's very female centric, um, and fem- and it is intended to be female powerful, um, and but like at the same time, like there are some tropes and cliches that are being played with. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I could tell that this was a. I'm putting all the tropes of what females do in horror films in here, mm-hmm. and the women are still going to kick your fucking ass. Right. So it doesn't matter that we've had the trope of, um, you know, a little bit of bitchery this way, or a little bit of this, or a little bit of that, or this is playing out, because none of that matters, because when push comes to shove, they're still going to fucking kick your ass. So what is it? Like, you can have all these bullshit cliches about what women are. Mm-hmm. And in a weird sort of way, I kind of appreciate it. Like, yeah, so what? Like... Sometimes women really are bitchy or dumb or yeah. um, they do stupid shit. Yeah. That's also okay, too. Yeah. It's, it's just when that's all you get, then it gets tiresome. So, But that said, I laughed out loud at this movie. It starts with a singing cowboy with his guitar. It's set in, like, it's a French film. Why is he a cowboy? We don't know, other than they're in the woods. Except it's it's like redneck woods. It's not like... Wild West. He, anyway, he's wearing he's a cowboy with his guitar and he's singing. In well, it French. needs to be a cowboy because if you're going to get a cowboy song, you need a cowboy. True. Okay, but he's singing with his little guitar. Well, I, it's not even a cowboy. Song. Well, I guess maybe the idea of the narrator who's a cowboy. Anyway, he's singing his little song of 
this is a movie about girls who plays volleyballs. It's like badminton, only the rackets are their hands, <laughs> and they're all going to die. <laughs> go Falcons, go Falcons, go Falcons, which is their team. It's so ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I had a fantastic time. I'm like, if, you, if, you, if it ends up near you, go watch it. It's super good fun, super goofy. Awesome. I got out of one of the short programs. Yes. Yes, so uh, Studio Ponuk, which is basically Korean Ghibli. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of the, the creators, animators, writers of Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And uh, Miyazaki said, I'm done, and they went, well, we're not. We're <laughs> not, yeah. So there, it, it is very Ghibli. So uh, first of all, there's a short that opens to short films. <laughs> so it's, there's a non-animated, unrelated non-Studio Ponuk short in front of the shorts program. Oh, there was a fr- there was a short in front of mine. You oh, finish and then I'll yeah. go back to mine. Okay, so the short in front of mine was called uh, Laura and Vanita, I think it was. Um, there's their varieties of potatoes. Um, so it, oh. it, it's <laughs> it's a it, it's a Latvian short film about a Latvian potato farmer who really loves his potatoes. He's like, I can't. Ooh, eating other strangers' potatoes. No, I can't do that. I have to. And he sits in his in his field and talks to them and all that. He loves his potatoes. And then one day, I feel a kinship. And then one day, something falls out of the sky into his potato field. And the government ushers him off his land. He's like, I must rescue my potatoes. <laughs> so he he enlists a couple of relatives and they they start trying to break into this government compound that has been built around his potato farm to get his potatoes. It's wonderful. I it's love it. So I love delightful. it so much. It is so great. And then, uh, okay, so Wendy, you had a short film too. Oh, um, yeah, mine was called Cat Calls. Okay. Irish. Um, the director, female, was there, and she said, this is based on something that really did happen to me. Um, so it starts with a dude driving around. Um, he comes upon two women walking alone at night, and he pulls over, rolls down his window, and he you know, calls him over like, hey, can you give me directions into town? And the one woman comes over like, like, oh, sure. And she leans. She's like, so you bub up. And she looks back. And, of course, he's got his dick out. Mm-hmm. And he starts laughing and he drives away. Ha ha, isn't it funny? And he goes and jerks off. And then he, of course, goes home to his wife. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings. Hmm. And it's the woman. Yeah. He thought he saw her friend standing in the street when he first pulled up at home. But then the doorbell rings and it's the woman, his wife's, and she's covered in blood and like oh it's been an accident call the police and he doesn't want to call the police Mm -hmm. because this woman will report that he was harassing women on the street Uh and his wife is like call the police what are you doing so he goes in the kitchen and then things happen that's awesome i like it things happen it was very it was very satisfying yes awesome Okay, so the Studio Ponuk shorts, uh-huh. uh, there were three in the program. Uh, the, the program's called Modest Heroes Volume 1. So uh, three shorts are the first one are these little tiny fish people that live under the water in a stream. And, you know, it's like a father and the mother and two little kids. And, of course, you know, the mother goes off to have a swarm of little babies. And, and the, the father is swept away in a, in a storm, so the two kids have to go find the father. That's pretty much it. Okay. It's, it's gorgeously animated, as you would expect, and very sweet. Um, the second one I was really impressed by, um, Life's Gonna Be Okay or something like that. It's um, modern day, and it's a 
I, I think it's a single mother and her son, a uh, young son who is allergic to eggs, severely oh, allergic to yeah. eggs. Oh, yeah, I remember and, reading about this. Yeah, and it's, and it's just kind of in life, um, what little kids go through when they're severely allergic to something. Aww. And it's, it's very sweet. And they're, I mean, I was talking to my friend Wendy, not Wendy, Wendy, because uh, uh, she saw the same thing this morning, and she kind of had issues with it because um, the kid should be old enough to use his own damn EpiPen. But <laughs> it's like, I, I don't feel like adults are the primary target of this. I feel like... Yeah. This would be a very special animation to a kid who has a severe allergy. Yeah. And then the third one is about an invisible man. Oh! Yeah. And then, and also, it's very sweet. So. What, like, just a day in the life, what it's like to be an invisible well, man? Well, it's, it's this guy who kind of, um, I think it's an allegory for visible handicaps. Oh, and because the the main character, you can see his clothes and his glasses, but there is no person that you can see. Oh, sure, yeah. And he's carrying around what looks like a respirator with him. Oh, and at at one point he throws it away from him, and uh, um, but he keeps going places, and people don't acknowledge him, don't see him. He tries oh. to buy something at a store, and it's like he's invisible. So it's it's a very and it turns out very sweet, you know. Well, yeah, and thank goodness. Sometimes we need a little sweet to cleanse our palate. Yeah. That's she says after she watches a slasher, a cannibalism inbred <laughs> well, slasher. Well, you know, in order to make the slashers fun, you got to have a little down-to-earth, too. It's true. Um, what are you seeing next? I'm seeing Cam. Oh, I'm so excited for you to see Cam. I am going to the Miskatonic... Um, Lecture? Yeah, it's a lecture. Yeah, it, really it's a femi- feminism and horror. The, the, yeah, the history of feminism in horror and like talking about do women make different types of horror films than men? How so? Mm-hmm. Do they need to? Like what? Like what do women bring to horror? Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested in it. And luckily, the films that are in the slot, the ones that I have already seen, all the ones that I was super interested in, and I had this on my radar as something I really wanted to go to. So I'm glad that my schedule, like, that it all worked out and I'm not feeling too much, like, regret at missing a movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. She says as she paints her nails again, because I keep picking at them. Oh, I, I do the same. So if I paint them again, then I'll just keep picking at them and I won't bite them in the theater. See, I, I only just bother with my toes anymore, because I generally don't pick at my toes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't pick at my toes. Usually, not usually. Not while anyone's watching, anyway. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to go back in and watch some more stuff, and we'll be right back with you to talk about what we saw. Through the magic of editing, it will seem like no time at all. Yay! And we are back after round, what, two? It's only round two. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. And it's... It's hot out here. We're yeah, recording Texas, in a, a parking garage. Texas has come back in full force. Oof. Yeah, I've gotten a lot more requests for fans today. Dear, dear listeners, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I, uh, on the first day of Fantastic Fest, it was miserably hot. and so Swampy. Yeah, it was really swampy. So in the lobby of the festival, I went, I wonder, I, I need a fan. 
like a like a Chinese fan because a lot of the ladies, including Wendy right now, have fans and are fanning themselves. So I, went, I need one. So I went onto Amazon Prime and I realized I could buy fifty of them for ten bucks <laughs> and get them delivered by Saturday, and which they were. And so now I'm I have fifty fans that I'm handing out to fans. <laughs> and the you know between. Since, like, Friday, it's been actually fairly cool for summer Texas, so I haven't had a whole lot of requests for fans, but now everybody today is like, you're the fan lady, right? <laughs> oh, my God, you're the fan lady. I fan found lady. the fan lady. I found the fan lady. Fan lady, please help me. I have an entire bag filled with folding fans. So, anyway, um, what did you see, Wendy? I went to the Miskatonic University uh, lecture oh, how by was it? Alexandra Heller Nichols. She has written a book that will be released early next year called... 1,000 Women in Horror. Oh. And so what she was talking about, um, she gave, she started with some remarks that gave context. And then basically she said, what I want to do right now is simply build some vocabulary, build a landscape of a lot of women and properties that just have been forgotten. Uh-huh. So that we, so that we can expand our language. Like, let's not talk about whether or not they were good at it. Let's not talk about what women, women in horror do. First, let's just discover the fucking women. Yeah. So that was her point, which I was fully on board for. Um, and she talked. So her opening remarks talked a lot about how even just preserving the archive becomes a political act mm-hmm. because, of course, the archive is our memory, and the archive we prioritize preserving things that are from the dominant culture and the other things disappear and then they're lost forever so trying to find the records of these things that have occurred can be and then even just find them at all is can be very difficult and what i really love she brought up briefly even just auteur theory um she's like why is it that the director is the creator of the film. Like, that's the first person we mention when a film is mentioned is directed by this person. Yeah. Um, not and, the writer. And it wasn't always that way. It kind of, that kind of came into vogue in the 60s, 50s and 60s. Well, yeah. as, again, part of the lone male genius. Yes. So, and I was like, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, although I have noticed, because we all know film is collaborative, and yet mm-hmm. the way we speak of it is very problematic. Um so she went through a lot. I basically was just writing down a whole list of films that I am now quite interested in. There's a early, late 60s, early 70s called The Godsend. That's a demon child movie that looks fun. Um, there's one called Trial Run that I think is Australian. Yes, that's Australian that looks super great. Um, the Devil's Doorway is an Irish found footage one mm-hmm. from uh, like this decade. Yeah. So I wrote down just all these different ones. I need to get her book because I'm betting it's just going to be a listing of all sorts of things. Uh, and so many of them are, of course, like on YouTube, especially the really early stuff. Um, and she was showing clips clips and trailers for things, mm-hmm. which was very fun. And the last thing she said was so great. Film history is Lego. You get to build your own. Yay. And I was like, you are not wrong. You go looking for the pieces that interest you. And one person's film history, it's... It's no less or more valid because we're all picking out the different pieces that interest us. Right. So, yeah, it was very interesting. I got to sit with uh, uh, Christina and David Canfield. Oh, good. And um, take my notes. Um, 
Yeah, it was good. I was I was pleased with my choice on that. I was pleased with my choice, and she was very engaging. I'm going to keep an eye out for her, and if I see her, I'll introduce you too because she was super knowledgeable, but also super funny. Okay, and Australian. Awesome, right? That's like that's the the cherry on top. Australian, yes. Yes. (laughs) And you got to see. I finally got to see Cam. Which uh, Wendy saw earlier in the Fantastic Fest run, so we've already discussed it a bit, so I'll just quickly rehash. It's uh, Cam is about a cam girl who is trying to climb up the ranks of her, her cam girl site, and as she's building her reputation, suddenly one day her she's locked out of her account, and there's somebody who looks exactly like her running her account. And doing yeah. live shows. And, and doing live shows. Performing and, so. and doing all sorts of things and then doing other things so you're like whoa that's just creepy how much she how much she knows about the real girl yeah like that becomes a factor too yeah and and it's fascinating and goes unexpected places and it's um the uh, creators are here the well did you say the star was here at yeah some point? yeah she's she wasn't at the Q&A, so she must have gone I, home. She may have gone home. But I got the, drunk but the, with her at karaoke, yeah. and she sang Spice Girls and killed it. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, the writer and director are still here, and they did the Q&A today. And uh, they were having a lot of fun. They got some goofy questions from the audience, but they turned out to be fun. Like, how did you come up with the, the names on the, in the chat room? And they're going like, yeah, there's one named after his dead dog, and there's one that's this person's old AOL account and, you know, <laughs> so we're getting all sorts of like little little tiny easter eggs that are hidden in there but, and they did let on there's something that can be seen in all the locations where the the other Lola the imposter yeah there, there's something seen in all those shots no matter where she is that identifies it as being the fake Lola. Oh, and but they wouldn't tell us what it is, so we have I to watch it. I need to look at it. Right? How great is that lead actress's performance? Oh, she's amazing because she's doing so many different performative things of like her online persona, her real persona, and then robot persona, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or fake, uh, fake whatever imposter. it is. Imposter. Imposter. Robot's persona. good because it's very like. It's very, like, plasticky what's yeah. going on there. You're just like, who is this and how do they look exactly like her? And that, listeners, is, like, this movie delivers. It does. Like, it lands the third ending and it sticks the ending. So if you watch it and you're like, am I ever going to find out what's really going on? Just watch it to the end. Mm-hmm. And it's very, and as you were saying, it's very sex positive too. Very is, sex positive. So the uh, the writer is a is a former cam girl, or might currently be cam girl. She said right former. She said former. A, she when said she former. first introduced herself, she said former sex worker. Yeah, and so it it comes from somebody who knows and isn't judge and the the movie is not judgmental about it, and um, I I found it fascinating. When they did the Q and A, I don't know if they brought it up in yours. When they did the Q and A in my screening, the one of the producers they they made a manifesto uh-huh. of certain things they wanted to make sure of, and um, even the writer like at times was willing to compromise. And the the, the one female producer was like, "No, mm-hmm. no, we agreed this, so we no, we are not going to have her regret her choice. We are yeah. not going to have her um, be ashamed of who she is." Like mm-hmm. like. She enjoys being a cam girl. Mm-hmm. She finds it satisfying and rewarding work that is challenging 
and she's ambitious to be better at it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad you liked it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, also they talked about sound design in my Q&A, mm-hmm. and especially the design of the little little sounds coming from the computer, like the tip sound especially, because uh-huh. it subtly changes from scene to scene depending on what's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, they talked about, like, the, the almost Pavlovian response to the tipping sound. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's, it's interesting in that, you know, looking at the internet culture in general, not just, you know, cam rooms or anything like that. So, I, I really loved it. I thought it was great. Hooray! Hooray! And now we're both going to see The Perfection, although not yeah. in the same theater. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we're seeing the same movie and, and can converse yeah. afterward. Yes, so yes. Um, I've heard great things about this. J.C. DeLeon said that uh, The Perfection was one of his favorite films this year. I've heard really good things from everybody who's seen it. So, so I'm excited. I'm excited, too. We will tell you about it in mere seconds. Okay, we are back. It is 2.13 in the morning. We are not at Fantastic Fest. We're at Wendy's house. So if we sound a little less energetic, that's why. You might also notice there's less random traffic. I would hope that there's not going to be a car driving through. That Yeah, that would really be disturbing at this point. That would be like being in the middle of a Fantastic Fest movie. <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> So, so yeah, a lot less uh, random background chatter. You might hear a cat. Yeah, uh, BB's got her late night crazies on, like, whoa. Yeah, awesome. So, um, when last we met, we were going into round three, where Melissa and I both saw The Perfection. The Perfection, which, wow. I'm so glad you saw it, too, because I have to have have conversations with you about this movie. There needs to be some conversations. I sat next to Emily Higgins, who did not love it. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised by that. She, well, and her opinions are, of course, hers to express. But it was yes. interesting that I enjoyed a movie experience quite thoroughly, and the person right next to me was like, nope, didn't work for me. <laughs> um, which we'll get to in round four also. Oh, my. Um, okay. Uh, Got it. So the perfection is um, Allison Williams, who is the the female from Get Out. Yes. Right. Um, so you would recognize her. I love her face. It, she's an amazing actress. And um, she's really funny, mm-hmm. too. Um, and then I've, uh, I don't remember the other. I want to say Logan. 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 She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then Steven Weber from Wings. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, this girl who. Um, woman who uh, 10 years ago when she was like 14 she yeah. had to, she she was a, a cello prodigy and but then her mother had a stroke and she had to leave the academy where she was being trained to go home and care for her mother and it's now been 10 years her mother has finally died and she reaches back out to her former mentor um, and they have of course a new prodigy who has become world famous Mm -hmm. and uh the two women connect um and they connect very quickly form a bond (laughs) hey um that's some sexy ass shit going on oh yeah that that's hot that was beautiful and yeah um 
I really liked the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, they're so good together. But, um, oh gosh, listeners, I don't even want to tell you anything more because this is a movie that keeps twisting and taking left turns. Yes, and and they're so good. You cannot tell where this is going. Nope. At, at all. I mean, and... I knew it was a twisty movie, and I still was like, wait, what? Oh, oh, okay. I'm just... Yeah, the moment the moment one of the characters goes, "Are those bugs?" I went, "This just got totally fucking metal." <laughs> yeah, that and, that scene made me go, "Wait, I thought I knew what kind of movie this was. Is this a different movie?" This is a very different movie. Um, yeah, it is riveting. It is um, the performances are wonderful. It, it's really well written. It is. Um, very relevant. Uh, I I will put I will make one criticism. Yes, uh, which is, it is uh, definitely a movie that is about female empowerment, uh, but it is in certain ways very definitely a female about a film about female empowerment, directed by a man. Mm-hmm. There there are, I have, I have some quibbles. <laughs> but I don't want to say anything because the quibbles I have, I ha- would have to spoil for me to explain what my quibbles are. But yeah, but ultimately, like just the character work and the plots and twist turns mm-hmm. are definitely worth it. And the design, the set design is gorgeous. And the two women are just really lovely to watch. So yeah, the perfection was super duper fun. Yeah. Like super duper fun. And, uh, yeah. And once we stop recording you and I can have a little bit oh, more yeah, we, Oh, yeah. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the fourth round, I'll talk first because I can be very quick. I saw Destroyer, which is Nicole Kidman's latest bid for an Oscar because I believe it's coming out in December. And is, is this her Charlize Theron monster? Yeah, because yeah. they, they've uglified her. They mm-hmm. put her in a shitty wig. I don't understand how they can make such an expensive movie and can't put her in a good wig. It is a <laughs> shitty wig. Mm-hmm. They have also aged her to the point that she looks as old as my mom, who is, let's see, is my mom, my mom's above, like, my mom's definitely over 60 because she retired. Mom's getting close to 70, right? Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be like 45, maybe maybe 50 there they said 50 and i'm like 50 is actually a little old i'm almost 50 yeah and i mean yeah she's she's living a hard life but they it's a little much Mm -hmm. it's a this movie other people and this is why i said the next one we talk about we're also going to come up with the whole we're going to touch on you know everybody else seemed to like it i by the end was rolling my eyes at this movie Uh, it is heavy handed as fuck it was sold as this revenge um like and she's gonna go on a revenge tear and instead it's just a regret drama Mm -hmm. it's just regret porn of this cop who regrets something that happened seven years ago and is regretful and has been shitty ever since and she's a shitty person who's doing shitty things i'm just like i don't know why i give a fuck about this and then the, oh my God, the last three minutes are indulgent as fuck. The music <laughs> is overblown. It goes on 
like what is happening on screen is taking for fucking ever. They throw in a couple of gratuitous shots. Like I roll, I rolled my eyes. The minute the credits came up, I was done. Here's this movie and it hands down least favorite film of the festival. <laughs> and it's going to be up for Oscars and people are going to be like, Nicole Kidman just did so. And I'm like, it's not even that she did a bad job because yeah. I do think she's actually quite a good performer. She had nothing to do. All she did was glower her way through this performance. Oh. And all, and like they had so much prosthetics on her that like her lips were barely moving. Oh, yuck. No, I didn't, I didn't like it. I did not like it at all. I didn't care. Yeah. <sighs> made me mad. Other things made me mad tonight, too, but that was like a one-two punch. But you I, had an amazing experience. I did. I did. Okay, so we'll, we'll start with before that movie slot. I'm sitting out on the curb out in front of the theater. I'm hanging out with Alan Cerny from the formerly of Vain Cool News, and now he's on what? Coming soon? Uh, no, uh... It might be. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he's still he's a film writer, and so he and I are just sitting out in front, and um, we're talking about something. And Kyle Glass of Tenacious D comes walking by, and Alan is like, "Ah!" And he 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 shakes Kyle Glass's hand, and and he turns around to me and he's like all grins. He's super gr- like you know how Alan looks yeah. when he's so super fucking happy. He's like yeah, he's the most happy person in the world. And he's like I'm such a nerd. I I just shook his hand. And so but he's so distracted by his shaking the hand of Kyle Glass, he completely does not notice Jack Black walking right past us. <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting on the curb and I go that looks kind of like Jack that is Jack Black. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's Jack Black. <laughs> he walks into the theater with Kyle. And so, the ne- <laughs> and I didn't even realize that Alan had not seen Jack Black. I thought he was just extra happy. Well, like Kyle was his favorite or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, Jack Black just walked past you. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a photo of the moment because somebody like on the other side of the walkway happened to take a photo of Jack Black walking turning to walk into the Alamo and you can see Ellen in the background like my arms behind him and Ellen is just grinning like a fool like ah <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful it was beautiful it was beautiful so the next movie slot for me and for Alan was uh Tenacious D in Post Apocalypto mm-hmm. which is a six episode YouTube series so you can I think it's posted now you can go out and watch it now and it is like a little little short episodes. It's a apocalypse rock opera, hand drawn by Jack Black. <laughs> so it, I mean, we all know that Jack Black has the sense of humor of a twelve year old, yes, pretty much. And so um, you would think you know what maybe the maximum load of crudely drawing penises would be for a six-episode YouTube series, and you'd be wrong. You'd be vastly underestimating it. <laughs> there, there was a lot of penises, <laughs> crudely drawn penises. But yeah, the, the plot basically is uh, Tenacious D are in their apartments going, well, we love these fiber, fiber one bars, really. And, and they go, oh, it's, something happens, and they go, oh, no, we have to pay our rent, and oh, no, the apocalypse happens suddenly. 
And so they, they're in this post-apocalyptic world, and like each episode is they, they encounter the tribe of women who only want to sleep with them. But oh no, they don't really want to sleep with them. They want to kill them instead because men were the... The, the whole apocalypse is the fall of man, and then the next episode is like they meet the Terminator, and then the next episode, it's it's like it was plotted by a twelve year old boy, and 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 the the drawings are crude as fuck. It, it's literally, I think Jack Black took maybe ten seconds per drawing, but it was funny. Okay, and um, it was it was fun watching it with an audience. We were. It's it's so dumb it winds up being funny. Sure. Yeah. And, um, but the better part was, like, when they came in to do the Q&A, Alan had scored front row seats in this theater. And Good job. saved one for me. And so when Jack Black came in, you know, everybody reached out to to him and he did the, the uh-huh. you know, like the handshakes along the road. It's like, I touched Jack Black. Excellent. Yep. And uh, so did Alan. So he got both of them. Oh, good. The night, okay. So that's good. <laughs> he's, he's been doubly blessed. And the uh, the Q&A was delightfully irreverent. As only, as one would expect. Because <laughs> they were getting questions like, the the robot Terminator character is voiced by Jack Black, as is like almost everything except for Kyle's voice in the, uh-huh. in the cartoon. And... Uh, it's a bad impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Alan asked, how did you convince Arnold Schwarzenegger to <laughs> join you for this endeavor? And, you know, they gave a wonderfully bullshitty answer. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, during the course of it, you know, Jack Black's, uh, for some reason, he got onto the tangent of the movie Heavy Metal. And so part of it was him singing the Heavy Metal theme by Sammy Hagar. (laughs) I didn't know I needed that in my life, but it was really good. (laughs) And then after that, they went into the highball and played three songs as Tenacious D. That's awesome. Which was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a really short set, but that's about all it could take about being in the highball with it that crowded because, like, everybody was in there. Goddamn. Yeah, I saw it. When I came out from Destroyer and I needed a drink for reasons, and I'm like, I needed, oh, shit, fuck the highball. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, there was no way anybody else was getting in there. No. I'm, I'm glad it was a short set, but it was a great set. Cool. It was a lot of fun. And then um, you skipped your last round. I skipped my last one to go get chicken and waffles with Jessica. That's a good <laughs> choice. Very good choice. However, I made an excellent choice, which was to watch The Night Comes for Us. I'm excited to hear what you thought of The Night Comes for okay. Us because I loved it. And so I this is Timo Chajanto. Chajanto? T-J-A-H-J-A-N-T-O. Jajanto. Jajanto. And, oh, James Marsh introduced it, and he was just like, whoa, you ready for this? Like, oh, my God, the raid. And then, you're you're not prepared. Like, he didn't oversell it, though, because he was, he's British. So there's something so hilarious about him getting worked up. Yeah. He's like, it's just going to be. I mean, you can't spoil this shit. Everybody's gonna die. <laughs> Luke uh, Luke Mullen introduced it before, and he said life is going to be real cheap for the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes. Oh my god, it was brutal. It was bloody. It was satisfying. It was so fun. Um, when and relentlessly well choreographed. Oh my god, and but the practical makeup effects of what they're doing yeah. are just so this is an indonesian film 
um, the the one of the two main dudes. You've he's from the raid. You would recognize yeah. him. Um, he's Iko he, Uis. He's very yeah. pretty. Yeah, uh, so pretty. And moves just yeah. the he's got a the way he moves is so powerful and economical. Um, but it was the fight between the blonde woman mm-hmm. and uh, the the not the not triad female. Yeah, that fight. Yeah, the bounty hunter lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, the end of that fight got a huge round of applause. Oh, from everybody with the, the with theater. the finger. Yeah. Oh no, you cut off my finger. However, look what I did to you. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that finished up, and then everybody in the theater was just like, oh, 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 yes, <laughs> yes. Isn't that just the best theater experience? <laughs> I am so glad I saw that with a crowd. I am so glad you saw it too, because uh, it was very satisfying. Number one for me personally to be to not worry when I was going oh oh but also to hear everybody around me just going oh gee oh oh in the final fight when he kicks the eye beam oh, by God. accident everybody's like yeah like for in my showing it was when um he got uh I don't remember what the Ito got, but the other guy lands on all the tacks, and they're just sitting, they're both laying there, each of them just surveying their wounds, being like, oh shit, this hurts. It's like the Indonesian version of the 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 fight in They Live. Yeah. Where they're just exhausted and still going at each other. Yeah, I'm full of tacks. That last <laughs> fight goes on a while, and it keeps ramping up you're like please stop this is good oh shit look at what yeah. and then you get sucked back and you're like oh shit look at what you're doing and how does that even oh god just oh shit now we've got tax okay yes. <laughs> it just... and i love the, the amping up of the uh oh oh here's a lug wrench no 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 how about pipe buzzsaw <laughs> just, yes. just there's so many ways that it's so very meaty, you know? It's oh, so meaty. Meaty is a good word because there's a lot of flesh damage happening a in that. A lot of flesh damage. In that poor movie. And Ooh. it's the first time I've, I, I've, I've always said when the, one of the things I've learned in doing gross anatomy and stuff, uh-huh. in, in my scholarly learnings, one of the easiest joints to dislocate in the human body is the jaw. And uh-huh. I've, I've never understood why people didn't just, you know... Yank each other, it. yeah. Just yank at it. It only takes like two pounds of pressure to dislocate the jaw. Now you, now you know, dear listeners. This is the first time I've ever seen anybody actually do that. Like he was, a, yeah, he was attempting to really. He had, he was holding his head, yeah. and like tr- yanking. And he's like, please don't do that to my jaw. And he's grabbing his hand, yeah. But then, like that one, there's a whole lot of implements going. through through people. Oh, yeah. A lot of that. Also, the preferred weapon of Indonesia appears to be the machete. Like, oh, they yeah. don't run in with guns. They run in with machetes. And very helpfully, they run in one at a time. Oh, yes. Which is, I'm sure everybody was so appreciative of. It, it, it's very orderly. <laughs> yeah. No, just one at a time, please. Next. The fight in the butcher shop mm-hmm. was amazing, but everybody was howling at the safety begins with me. And uh, one of our friends, Jenny, texted me like two nights ago. Whenever the yeah. the, the day that it first aired at uh-huh. Fantastic Fest aired showed, she she texted me and she goes, "I hear you have a button maker." 
do you have it with you? And I go, no, I'm sorry, it's in Minnesota. Damn it! <laughs> she goes, I'm, I want to make these buttons. I went, oh my God, that'd be amazing. So we were like brainstorming how to get these buttons cheap and fast. Uh-huh. And uh, today she showed up with, or was it yesterday? Uh, I think it was um, today. She showed up today with like, I don't know, like 18 of these buttons that the safety begins with us or safety begins with me or whatever yeah. it says. But there's a... Uh, in the butcher shop scene, dear No, listeners. actually, it's in the... It's it's later. It's in the... It's later. It's in the warehouse. No, it's, you're right. It's in the warehouse at the end. Uh, but, yeah, there's a safety sign on the wall. And they're having <laughs> this huge fight in front of it, and then he, like, kills a bunch of people, and he's standing there covered in blood, you know, just bleeding, just cut, and just, oh, he is mangled, and behind him on the wall... Safety begins with me. And the whole place was just like it was a slow burn in oh, our crowd yeah. of just. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, th- this was the fight where he was killing people at the pool table. You know. Oh God, some of those were just like, oh Jesus. Oh God, when he cuts the the pocket off the pool table and he's just. <laughs> Like, it's amazing, dear listeners. It's amazing. Because uh, when he cuts the pocket off the pool table, it has pool balls in it, and he's using it as a bludgeon. He is yeah. using that little net pocket with, like, two or three balls in it as a bludgeon and beating the shit out of people with it. Do not watch this movie if you cannot handle extreme body trauma. Yeah. It is bloody. It is, ooh, like, but mm-hmm. it's so satisfying. And the Fight choreography is amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's very much on par with the raid in terms of body trauma. <laughs> yeah, it uh, might be a little gorier. I think it's a little bit more indulgent than I gore. I kind of like to watch it again and make a try to make an accurate assessment of how many people die. <laughs> I saw somebody the, the first day that it screened at Fantastic Fest. I saw somebody post on Facebook says, "That was amazing. I stabbed five people in the parking ramp just to keep the high going." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah. And, and it's like oh man that's true well um, not, not actual stabbing but yeah that's kind of what it felt so like so tomorrow is the penultimate day yes and I just made my picks for the last day and I feel like like a I part of me has died I haven't done it yet uh, I haven't done it yet I did decide not to enter for the for the tattoo because okay. none of them spoke to me this year one of them spoke, well, one of them spoke to me, but it said, I'm only half here. <laughs> I want all of Chingu. Um, well, you can, you can go and have a proper I, Chingu tattoo. I, I, I could do you that. Could. It's true. Um, but let's be honest. I'm a lazy person. Okay. Um, life happens to me at, if it's convenient, it'll happen. And otherwise I probably won't make an effort. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. So tomorrow morning I'm starting with. Uh, at 11.10 with I Used to Be Normal. Oh, me too. Oh, good. Yeah. So this is a documentary about fans of boy bands, and it's supposed to be super sweet and mm-hmm. entertaining, and so I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too. And then there's other stuff playing tomorrow, and I don't even remember oh, what I don't it is. even know. And I, like, at this point, I'm going to be amazed if I continue this pace. Like, I've, I've only missed a couple of slots. Yeah, me too. Whew. So, uh, listeners, we're going to call it quits right now. Yes, because it's very late and uh we need to conserve our energy for the last two days yes day six is in the books though it is and i touched jack black good job thank you good job here touch me so i can have reflective you you have you have transitive jack black on you now (laughs) i feel so immature 
Let me go draw a dick now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to got to draw it with a nice curve though. They were all very curvy dicks. <laughs> That's all. Good night. Okay, good, good night. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Thank you.